Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up? What is good? How you living? How you doing? But before I even begin, give this man his theme music. Warren Sharp, everybody! What is up? I miss you so much. You look like you coach a soccer team in the Premier League, and I I love you, Warren. I miss you. I missed you too, man. I missed you thirty three percent. Loved seeing Ingver as well. You know, you guys you guys continue to crush crush your product. I'm really happy for we you. We crush. All right, let me just give everybody a tip. It's going to make it easier for Warren. Warren's comp- camera and his screen are in different places. So Warren, if you want to look at me, it's okay. I'm just getting this out of the way so you don't. I, I've fun. made a okay? I've made a tweak to the system, so you're only like right oh. there now. You're okay. Okay, good. Uh, I I'm I just want to get this out while you're here. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of uh, you. Turned from like I remember when Warren had like fifteen thousand Twitter followers and was just over there commenting away and people were like, man, this guy seems to know his shit. And then for you now to have the gigs at NBC and the ringer, bro. I, and the fact that like when you tweet something, everybody's like, there's an impact and you're working with NFL teams and you're killing it. And sharp football analysis is the shit. And you got rich writing for you. I'm so happy for you, bro. Thank you, man. Thank you. You're, you're, you're obviously doing your fair share of uh, incredible things too. I don't need this back. Making, I'm going to interrupt rich, it. Make it. Making yourself, speaking of rich, making yourself rich with your card market. I think you're doing some good things there. Well, it's fun, bro. And when you, when you decide before the season that the two guys you want to buy are Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, that helps you out. That's, that's a big plus. Um, man, so many places to start. What has the year been like for you so far? Has it been, and, and what I mean is, is what your predictions and your hypothesis were before the season. Do you feel like you, you had it? Are there, are there ones that you're like, I definitely knew it. Is it more hits or misses? What do you think? It's, it's the preseason stuff like before the season uh, was, was really solid. You know, I love almost being able to win the Minnesota Vikings under if they just lose this game against the Packers this week. Wow. Uh, you can win congrats. that. You can crash that one already. Um, but there, the preseason stuff was really good. Uh, we need the Colts to get a couple more wins here. Uh, but the in-season stuff has been just as good because we were able to be ahead of the surge on games going over the total in the first few weeks of the season. Mm. And then using the computer model, we were able to get off of that 
uh, surge and start betting a bunch of unders before everybody nice. realized. And so then what happens is people in week three and four are like, oh my God, look at all the overs. Then they start betting overs. Meanwhile, the odds makers already adjusted and the value is in the unders. And so it's, it's all about like, I feel like so far we've been one step ahead um, of kind of the, the bookmaker as well as the general public on a lot of this stuff but obviously still a long season to go. And uh, it's, it seems like it's going to be a great season. A lot of unpredictability, some really interesting games, yep. and um, some great new teams that we get to talk about this year. Um, I was just going to say, it really does seem like any time a story goes mainstream, that is the exact moment you should start betting against it. Over City, bet against it. Mike Davis is better than Christian McCaffrey, bet against it. Like it's... Like, that's why I'm going right now, and I'm going, I could totally see why the Ravens are favored in this game. It's everyone's talking about the Steelers. They're in the midst of a crazy three-game stretch where they're taking on all these teams. Uh, they, remember, they played the Browns when they were 4-1. and one. Now they're playing. They played the Titans when it was the biggest game of the week, and now they're out there playing the Ravens. It's always good to bet against when the momentum goes that way, and sometimes it might be that simple. Well, there were a couple of times where we saw that in, in back-to-back Sunday nights. If you looked at uh, like the Philadelphia Eagles, everybody was betting against those guys. They go into San Francisco, and then they win that game, and, and they win it outright. And um, you know, San Francisco did the same thing. The very next week, San Francisco does the same exact thing against the LA Rams. Everybody was betting against the Rams. Just did it. The Rams just did it on Monday night. Yeah. So oh, the Rams go out there and get slaughtered by San. Francisco. Francisco. Yeah, here they come. Exactly. Exactly. So that's the thing. Um, it's been a fun year. And I know, like, I don't even pay attention to what the uh, nationwide results are on the sharp guys or line moves and all this yeah. type of stuff. Because the way I always view it is, I'll leave it up to the bookmakers to set the lines on every game. I'll leave it up to some random guy with a computer to track the different trends. I'm going to pick and choose my Spots. I'm going to fire my spots. I don't really care what anybody else is doing. And uh, those are the, we've had good opportunities to fade certain teams. And you're right. It's 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 been a season where you want to sell high and buy low. And if you're doing that no this doubt. year with themes or topics or specific teams, you've been doing pretty well. Uh, we're going to get into EDSR and all of that. I just had a, a quick question. We said early on in like March or April, NFL should be doing a bubble. Uh, it's been an interesting year with games being postponed, shifted days. I mean, we had NFL on a Tuesday. It's been anything but regular. Has it been easier for you or harder for you to process information into uh, advanced metrics and, and like an advanced, uh, what is that thing that you guys always call it? P- positive. Plus EV. Thank you. Have you been, is it been easier or harder to turn it into plus EV? It's actually been a little bit, it's been easier from a results perspective, but it's been harder from a work ethic perspective. Like we've had to work harder. Mm. We've had to read more. We've had to study more information. Um, That being said, I do feel in some ways that we're lucky as a league that it hasn't gotten worse than what it is because I think it easily could spin out of control or could let's say it could have spun out of control but overall in general i think the league is doing a better job i'm more impressed by the lack of spread and outbreaks and with the quickness that they're able to tamp these things down so i think the league has been doing a good job now could it be doing some things differently or better in my opinion but 
in general, I think we're very fortunate, and this means we get to watch football and we get to analyze football. I will say there have been certain teams, right, that have been put at a very compromising position with some of this stuff. And so studying those types of elements, like you look at the Buffalo Bills when they played the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, the, 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 the Buffalo Bills were off of a game against the Titans. When they played those, the Titans, rather, they were planning on preparing for the Chiefs. I mean, that coaching staff had to take a couple right. of days when they didn't know if the Titans were actually going to even be healthy enough to play on a Tuesday night. They might have played mm. the Chiefs on a Thursday. So that coaching staff started preparing in advance for the Chiefs wow. during the game during the week that they were supposed to plan to play the Titans. Then you got a team like the Steelers who had a full week of prep to play the Titans. Then they found out, oh, by the way, the Titans are screwed up. You're not playing them now. This is actually going to be your bye week. They got completely robbed of a bye week. But what they did get the benefit of is then they had, they played the Titans this past week. They had a full another week to prepare for the Titans. So they had two hmm. weeks. It's not just like a bye where you're sort of doing some advanced scouting for the other team that you're about to play out of the bye, but you start looking ahead. Here, they've had two focused weeks to prepare for the Titans. That's why like, I didn't care about the line. I moved towards Tennessee. I liked Pittsburgh in that game. So um, mm. yeah, there's been different situations that you could take advantage of. I, I thought the game with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that was one of the easier fades of the Raiders of, of, that we've seen this season. You can't have your entire offensive line. I don't care if four out of the five guys aren't COVID positive and are going to play. You can't have them sitting around Absolutely. at home doing nothing for a full week and then expect that they come and report back to the facility on Sunday and boom, they're as good as it as they were before that happened. I mean, so I'm going to say this right now. You, this is something you went on a, a few other things. You got me just thinking about the Buffalo Bills because I I thought about this on Monday. I said. I feel like the Buffalo Bills were broken by the Kansas City Chiefs. Like something happened that week that I felt rearranged everything. It ruined the flow of all this stuff. And then I looked back and I went, oh, they also lost Cody Ford in that game. Uh, and, and I'm like, this is a first round pick. And we talk about this Bills offensive line. And then when you put in that factor about the schedule switching up and how that's going to set a coaching staff back two weeks to figure out what they're going to do. Now I look up and I see John Feliciano is coming off the IR. So they're getting a starter back on their offensive line. It's now I'm starting to think about season long stuff where if public confidence is gone in the bills and Josh Allen MVP uh, possibilities are flying back down, but I know this offensive line is going to get healthy and maybe it was like that coaching turnaround. And I know that, that their linebackers are getting healthy. You're just giving me more confidence for bills winning the AFC East. If that's come down at all, I don't, I don't know, but you got me excited about the bills right there thinking like that. I don't know if I'm crazy. Well, so the Buffalo Bills, they are actually in an interesting spot this week against the Patriots because one of the things to note is you know, offense dictates games more than defense. And so yep. if you throw out both the defense, so yeah, the Patriots defense is much worse than it was last year. Uh, the Bills defense is much worse than it was last year. But let's look at these offenses. Clearly, the offense of the Buffalo Bills is in a better position. I don't know if John Brown's going to be back this week, but – they use a ton. I'll tell of you what, too. I can't imagine that Stefan Gilmore is super pumped to be a Patriot this week when there's trade rumors coming out. Yeah. Like, and, that's and interesting. We don't hear that a lot. No. And he's one of the key cogs as a DB there because this Patriots defense has been significantly worse this year than as compared to last year against three-plus wide receiver sets. If you look at just the numbers, um, they are allowing 8.9 yards per attempt this year. 
year, it was six points last year. They're allowing 63% success this year. It was 45% last year. 106 passer rating this year, 73 last year. So they were allowing a lot more to three plus wide receiver sets. And what does Buffalo live in? They live in three plus wide receiver sets, even if John Brown doesn't happen to be there. So mm. you're going to have some mismatches with the offensive the the Buffalo Bills and they've typically struggled against Bill Belichick and Josh Allen has struggled against um, Bill Belichick. I will say though, you know, Buffalo, I don't know. I I've never really been on the bandwagon of the Josh Allen MVP. Uh, so I, I still think that that's pretty much of a, of, of a long shot. He's erratic and he's erratic and important situational football. Yeah. And I, I think that there are some other guys that are more willing, uh, more, more capable of winning that. I, the key that we need to realize with these um, MVP, uh, the MVP race and the way that votes have gone historically is that the guys that are most likely to win MVP are quarterbacks on teams that have a first round buy. That is, that's been the criteria mm. for I years. said Ben, I said Ben Roethlisberger at 28 to one last week was looking pretty. So Ben is interesting because that offense is kind of like built itself around the limitations of Ben with a lot yes. shorter depth of target, get the ball out super quickly. It's about decision-making. It's about pre-snap reading the defense. Going to be really interesting to see what the paid, what the uh, Baltimore Ravens decide to do this week with Wink Martindale. Do they blitz a ton? Because if they mm. do and compromise their secondary a little bit and those blitzes can't get to Ben, he's going to have time to create yak for some of these receivers after the catch. Or will they sit back a little bit more? I mean, they chose not to sit back against Patrick Mahomes and he picked these guys apart. But what Mahomes was doing was he was buying himself time by moving around in the pocket like only Mahomes yeah. can do. Ben can't really do that anymore. Um, so Ben's going to have to just these quick hitters get the ball out quickly. I would be expecting the Ravens to jam at the line of scrimmage. That's going to be a fascinating cat and mouse game. Oh, that's going to be great. So MVP then, would you go Russ or Mahomes? I still look, look Russ. Uh, they obviously just traded for Carlos Dunlop to help improve the defense. I think, dude, I'm telling you playoffs time. Not right now. Cause snacks. Harrison isn't even in shape. Like they can't even get him in practice yet, but they got him two weeks ago and snacks. Harrison and Dunlap are dogs. Like if they really are ready to play and they're motivated and they're angry, Carlos Dunlap is a tall. You know, I just this is a division that Nick Bosa is out for the Niners, that Chandler Jones is out for Arizona, the Rams. It's re, it's they have Leonard Floyd, but that to me on Monday night was a motivation game against his former team. It's really Aaron Donald in the middle. Carlos Dunlap comes can come in right away. I think. And have a huge impact in that division. Yeah. And I just I look at the Seahawks as the playoffs. I go, those are playoff pickups. D line depth at the trade deadline is for the playoffs. Yes, absolutely. I, I still think that if you're talking about NFC teams, you know, Tom Brady and the Bucks possibly is good value Ooh. right now. Um, you're going, you're Ooh. kind of buying on the downside there, but it's going to get even worse when you look at you know they're incorporating AB and what this passing offense is able to do because. This passing offense has lost a number of weapons. I mean, Mike Evans does not look like himself out there. They're going to be without oh. Chris Godwin this week. AB can't Broken play this finger. week um, because he. Well, they got Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller, but I mean, like, so he's. Warren, your if you lined up, Warren, if you lined up with Tom Brady, he'd find a way to get you five catches for fifty yards. I, I doubt. That, you, I doubt man. that very White much. Slot, My he, first step is not what you. it used to be. Left. Look go. at that tracksuit. He's got your <laughs> back, bro. 
But, but I'll tell uh, you that there's right. a good opportunity oh, yeah. for this upside of this passing offense to improve dramatically once these guys get healthy. And it's to your point with the defensive side of the football. I mean, a lot of these teams, I mean, you've got to say the same thing about your Philadelphia Eagles. I know you're jumping on the yeah. Chiefs bandwagon because uh, I oh. saw that clip too. But <laughs> you think I'm not paying attention to what the moves you're making here, but I am. But there are various teams that are positioning themselves to make the postseason. And even though the Eagles have a terrible record, if they they're still in first place, and if they get to if they can beat what is it, Joe Denunzio uh, of uh, former JMU quarterback Ben Denucci. Ben Denucci. Okay, Ben Denucci. The only you JMU. look like a Ben Denucci right now. <laughs> That's the other thing you look like. You look like you would come out of a bodega and just be like, hey, hey, I got watches. I got, I'm, I'm Ben Denucci. I, I don't know if that's very complimentary, but um, no. No, it's I, swaggy. I you think swaggy. Ben Denucci. You also have a chopped cheese. I think Ben Denucci is a guy who uh, could be easily taken advantage of and mauled by that D line of the Philadelphia Eagles. If they win that game and then go into the bye week in the position that they are in the NFC East, I mean, you're literally talking about the Washington football team as the next closest team. But the, way, the reason I'm lumping them into the mix of teams like the Bucks or the Seahawks or some of these others is those teams are going to get healthier or better improved than what they are right now. The current form is not the final form. It's like the red dragon. Now, if you saw that movie, like the guy continues to evolve. He's trying to get to the final form. These mm. teams are not yet at their final form. They're getting healthier. They're building, adding oh. pieces along the way. And I think what we see for them making their playoff run, some of these teams, especially on certain sides of the ball, like the Eagles O-line could look a lot better. The, the Seahawks defense could look a lot better. The Bucks receiving court could look a lot better so there's still some exciting things from teams that are already pretty good you heard it here first the eagles are going to smash the cowboys on sunday night there's a game there's a few games in eagles history that are non-championship games that are forever remembered and they are huge eagles wins 1980 nfc championship game wilbert montgomery huge run eagles they win they came up flat in the super bowl against the raiders part of the reason they beat the cowboys that hadn't happened a lot of times what really kind of started the andy reed era which was the onside kick um that uh, started. It was also known as the pickle juice game where Deuce Daly ran for like, seemed like 200 yards. They won that one, I think 41 to 14. And then there was the game at the end of the season where they won like 42 to six. And it was, it was just like a crushing. That's what it is. This will be that game. The Eagles are going to on 10 days rest with Dallas Goddard. I don't know if Jalen Rager is Dallas the back. Field. I know he's been activated from the IR, but is he going to, what I'm, what I'm saying is this, even if he's not back, when you get big players back in practice, the juice gets going because they go, "Oh shit! Look like what we're gonna, look what we're going to be like when everybody's healthy." Healthy. They got Will Parks back last week. He's getting up to speed at safety, um, and I know that everyone loves to talk about the Buccaneers' run defense. The Eagles' run defense is right there, and they sell out for it. And so Ben Donucci. I think is going to be in a lot of really tough situations. And I'm, I'm predicting an Eagles romp on Sunday night. It's going to be up to the level of the ones in history. Well, I, I was shocked. I don't know what the lines maker is doing here with some of these lines, but I personally was shocked with the way they put this game and they lined this game on Sunday night into Monday. And I was like, 
there's a massive difference to whether this is Andy Dalton or right. If it's Andy Dalton, I take back what I'm, what right. I just said. If it's Ben DiNucci, that's what's going to happen. And so what I thought, I saw some lines at like seven and a half. And I'm saying, if this is Andy Dalton, this line's too high. If this is Ben DiNucci, this line's too low. I mean, I don't think that well, that's, maybe that's why it's sitting there, but I don't, or you say you shouldn't even have it on no, the board. And some, a lot of these books have since taken it down, but it was just stupid to put the game up there on the board because you got night and day situations here. This night and this guy, this guy isn't close. And so you can't just average the number and just stick a number at seven and a half because um, obviously the limits are low and I didn't even bother doing anything with it. But mm. there's no doubt about it that um, Philly wins this game. I think I kind of agree with you probably by double digits if it's Ben DiNucci unless the Ooh. Eagles throw up all over themselves. But if it's Dalton, this is going to be a competitive game. I mean, this, this is still going to be a close game. The one thing that you taught me last year is uh, something I love to check for, which is EDSR, early down success rate. Uh, it is simply the way that you attack every single play. I think people get it wrong and they go, start off with a bang. It's no, because if you keep attacking, you'll keep being on early downs. It's really that simple. It's a mindset. It's a lifestyle. Um, the teams that are at the top of EDSR this season, who are the ones that are leading the way, Warren Sharp? Well, um, the team that's the most balanced that's at the top is Tampa Bay. I mean, their defense forces mm. you into a lot of third downs. Their offense has been doing a better job of avoiding them. I think if you looked at the trending models, they're doing an even better job with the way that the offense offense again this red dragon stuff about evolving and how this offense is doing more of what brady likes to do now than it was week one um and i think that they're doing a better job of staying out of third downs um surprisingly enough like two teams from the nfc west that we were just discussing arizona and seattle although both of those teams are doing it a little bit more on the shoulders of their offense rather than their defense a team that may be surprising um is the minnesota vikings whose offense has been doing a pretty good job overall of avoiding third downs but their defense has absolutely been terrible so they're they're front loaded towards the offense minnesota is about to be the best fantasy team in the rest of the season that defense, they don't have any pass rushers now. They traded in Gakwe. They lose Daniil Hunter for the season. The ball's coming back to them, and the offense, D Dalvin Cook just got a few days to rest. They're going to be like Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith. It's about to explode, but I apologize for interrupting. No, that, I think you're right. Now, what I'm really interested, we haven't discussed him yet, is the loss of Odell Beckham for Cleveland because Cleveland was a team mm. that was similar number three best offense, but number three worst defense in EDSR. So they're a team that's had been doing a pretty good job of avoiding third downs. Now against the Steelers, obviously that didn't happen in that blowout. Uh, but then of course their defense is having trouble stopping people. They're going to get healthier a little bit in that secondary, but they're still struggling right now. But Odell is a pretty big loss because he's the field stretcher. He's the guy with speed on the outside. Um, I, I know they've got other complementary pieces, but none that defenses are going to be like, oh my God, we need to double this guy. Or, okay, who's one of the guys in the receiving position that we need to stop? They're not going to look at anybody else. I like Higgins. I think he's good, but none of these guys hold a candle to Odell Beckham. You're right, because that was, that was Diggs on Minnesota. 
Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I know that there's some school of thought like, oh, well, this team could be better because now Baker's not just going to try to feed Odell and stare him down, but it changes the way defenses play you in general. So I don't think that you could say you're, you're going to be better without this guy who's commanding coverage and forcing defenses to game plan to help try to take him out of the game. And always, regardless of whether you've got Odell or not, you need to be coaching your quarterback to find the open guys and and to find the mismatches pre-snap, not just to funnel it to one guy there's some teams on the opposite side of that as well with good defense um but bad offense and you're talking about a team like i would say chicago chicago very good chicago is at that list let me take another guess i'm gonna say um good defenses and bad offenses all right just give it to me washington Oh, of course. Number 32 offense, number three defense. I mean, this is a team that uh, has done a really good – like the game that they played against against, uh, Dallas was a perfect example of how – you know, their offense isn't really going to light the scoreboard on fire unless you're playing a really bad defense like Dallas is right now. And even then, even then, they got a safety. Uh, They knocked out the quarterback – like and that was deep in the red zone, like in the other teams at twenty. I mean, they had they had the ball. They didn't move the ball all game. Yeah, they had some field position uh, benefits too. A team that will be surprising here um, for you is the Cincinnati Bengals. They're off. Their defense has actually been borderline top ten, whereas their offense has been much worse. Now they're still in high scoring games, but their offense isn't like chunk gaining or specifically avoiding a, third downs. That's going to be my. I have not looked at this line yet. But that's going to be my lock this week. I have to see what the spread is. I'm looking at it right it's, now. It's five and a half right now. You knew it. You knew it. Um, I I believe, and I'm 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 just making these bold, these ridiculous statements right now. I think the Titans destroy the Bengals. The Bengals have four starting offensive linemen right now in their injury report. Two of them left before the last series of the game. Uh, Jonah Williams has a neck injury, and I don't really care uh, if he's definitely going to play. That is, that's a concern for me for a tackle like that. The other thing that I'm thinking is, as I turn off this button that I hit, is this is a Titans team that just lost to the Steelers, and they came back, and they're angry. And I know that that defensive line, who I think is very talented with Jadevian Clowney and with um, uh, the guy, Mississippi State kid in the middle. Oh, the defensive tackle. Yeah, I forget his name. Yes, Jeffrey Simmons. I, I think that they take it all out on the Bengals. That was a Bengals team that just faced the Browns for the second time that season. Burrow has now diced them up two times. Uh, to me, that's an anger game. That's a Titans comeback, blow out the Bengals game. So... Um, one of the interesting things in that game and a couple others that we need to start paying attention to, we discussed this a lot on your show last year, is weather at this time of year. And I will just Ooh. tell you, pay close attention to some of the wind reports this week because we are looking uh, like, you know, the wind is... The Bengals are also down two defensive tackles with Derrick Henry coming into town. So you could get a little bit more of a ground-oriented game uh, potentially because I, we'll have to see. Wind is a fickle thing, and uh, the game is still several days away. But this is why some of the totals where you're like, 
the Raiders and the Browns, this game's got to go over. These two defenses stink. Or the the Titans and the Bengals, you know, this game should – but what we're seeing, these totals drop. And the reason why they're dropping is because of the forecasted wins. So this is the first week of the season. Um, We've had – obviously, overs had their day early in the season. Then unders have – come back into yeah. vogue i think now is we we haven't had like a really big weather week of football but so is that you telling me the titans are not going to blow out the bengals i'm not i'm not saying anything about the spread i'm just saying the reason the total's dropping and people need to gotcha. not just go you got to change your mindset right now is all i'm saying you can't just go and say oh here's two teams i like the over because these two teams you've got to start looking at weather this is the week you've got to start factoring in weather and weather reports weather weather equals unders at the same point how does weather impact spreads it changes if the totals dropping how does that change the spread well the the smaller the spread the harder it is for somebody to cover right which is why when you're teasing games you tend to tease games with lower totals unless you absolutely love the side and you think the odds maker is wrong um the reason you're teasing the games with the with the lower totals is because less points are going to be scored and less points being scored means that each point of a number that you're teasing is worth more value to you right um but with regard to the the spread in general the key is just matchups weather may enhance the matchup for one team over the other weather in the game where buffalo played kansas city and it was like this weird misting slash yes. rainy thing the entire Everything game was wet and so you the bills for instance couldn't work the ball down the field the big explosive stuff and neither could the chiefs okay however then take a look at the run game the Chiefs have a really good run offense, and the Bills' run defense stinks. The Bills' run offense, they can't run the football for anything, and the Chiefs' mm. run defense is okay. So mm. you have this matchup where the Chiefs could just run the ball frequently down the field on Buffalo, and Buffalo couldn't get them off the field, and vice versa. The Bills didn't have that advantage of being able to run the ball well against the Chiefs. And so the weather right. completely changed the outlook of who is more likely to cover that spread and each each game is going to be a little bit different and unique but in general if we're talking wind or heavy rain the focus on the spread needs to be which of these run offenses has the advantage because the passing game may not be as big of a factor Mm. pick the running game is what i just heard right there uh warren who is one team right now that you believe is getting too much love and who is one team right now that you think deserves a lot more love? Oh, let's let's start on the positive. I'm turning over a new leaf. Yeah, I'm turning I over. I love it. I'm turning over a <laughs> new leaf. Like I want to. I want to give people praise. You know, I I, yeah. I love humanity right now. So let's talk the positives about Justin Herbert and the LA Chargers Ooh. right now. This is a guy. If we're talking about a card market, okay, I got to talk to you a little bit offline, buddy. But. Let's 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 talk Justin Herbert here for a second. Um, his deep balls look like Warren Moon. Warren. His his deep balls have been phenomenal. His ability to read defenses, his composure under pressure, and his ability to still get rid of the ball, like as he's backpedaling or getting out of the pocket and finding somebody down the field. I mean. Th- this is some of the stuff. He's not the talented of a passer with arm talent. I'm not he doesn't hold a candle yet to Patrick Mahomes, but like this ability to get, he's still got a very strong arm though. Get loose in the pocket and, and, and create stuff and still get the ball down the field. Like this is stuff that Patrick Mahomes excels at doing. Um, and 
What I am so thankful for is that the Chargers decided to let him cook a little bit more because entering the bye week, this is a team that was one in four. He had not yet won a game because he didn't start week one when they beat the Cincinnati Bengals. He was 0-4, but every single loss was super close. And this team was 54% run on early downs in the first three quarters. The NFL average was 54% pass. And the run game stunk. They had O-line injuries. They lost Austin Eckler. Why are you running the ball? It's hurting your quarterback. You're putting him to more third down situations when they run the ball on these early downs and get nothing accomplished. So please, I made a plea, please let Justin Herbert throw the ball on early downs a little bit more. You know what they did? They came out of the bye. Yes, they played the Jacksonville Jaguars, but they threw the ball on 59%. So they moved from 54% run not just the 54% pass, which is the NFL average, but 59% pass through the ball a lot more. Is that Anthony Lynn? Lynn, his defensive nature, and he's, he's, he's a running, former running backs coach, so he's just a conservative guy at heart. Um, I know. So, I don't think they would have played Justin Herbert if that didn't happen to Tyrod Taylor. So what I'm asking you is, is that just an after-the-bye game plan, or is that something that you think we can bank on every week for Mr. Herbert? The, Okay, bank on is too strong of a word. This is something that needs to happen. Whether or mm. not they will ranges on how much they trust their philosophical change against the Jaguars. The playing, Jaguars playing the Broncos, playing the Broncos this week. Is that a game plan that they should be using as well? Yes, because the Broncos okay. are one of the best run defenses. The difference between the two, perfect night and day difference. The Jacksonville Jaguars had the NFL's worst pass defense. So, of course, you want to throw the ball there. Their run defense is a little bit better than that, but still bad. Mm. Against the Broncos, they have one of the best run defenses. So, again, you can't burn these plays on early downs, running the ball into a brick wall and getting nothing accomplished. Let Justin Herbert throw the ball. Think about it. They got all their wide receivers healthy right now. I mean, you could go down the list to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Hunter Henry. They got speed. They got talent at the wide receiver and tight end position right now. They don't have it at the running back position, and you're playing a very strong run defense. So they need to be throwing the ball. I actually think that this Chargers-Broncos game is going to be fascinating. You got Justin Herbert against Drew Locke. I think Drew Locke is better than what we saw against the Chiefs, obviously, for whatever reason. We're you do? Talking about weather. Talking about weather. Drew Locke stinks in the You're snow. Right. I don't know what it is. Last year, he was the same way. Okay, okay, but that, hold, on, hold on. I know that we can blame it on the snow. Warren, he plays in Denver. Exactly. They're literally known as the Rocky Mountains. Right. So so if if Drew Locke doesn't play well in the snow, then the man's got to go. It's a small, that's, because, a, good, that's because a good phrase. The, if there's 31 other teams that don't play in the snow all the time, and, and there's a maybe he goes to a place where he plays there one time a year, he, he could play there once every four years. He just can't play in Denver because if that's how he plays in the snow, man, that's like four or five games a season. Right. And that's the funny, I don't know because it's such a small sample size. He only started what three or four, five games, I think last year. And then we started this year and this was the first game in the snow that he's played in Kansas city. But we have to see, because I wrote about it in the book. If you remember his games last year that he was starting, except for that one game in Kansas city in the snow we're like 21 to three they were they were ridiculously warm days in denver yeah, you literally weather. wrote in 
you wrote that I don't know how this happened. It must be global warming. But this man was playing in like 71 degrees in December in Denver. Yeah, he, he had a very good fortune of doing that. And now, I mean, he went to college in a place that gets some weather, right, in Kansas so or Missouri, I think. Um, yeah. So this is, a, this is a guy, we'll see as the sample size increases how he performs, but he's performed very poorly in the snow thus far. Not going to well, have to deal with He hasn't performed great when it's been sunny either. You're right. I am not the Drew Locke fan. Like, I'm not a massive. I'm not buying on Drew Locke. Like, I'm not buying Drew Locke's cards right listen, now. Listen, you, yeah, you know what? You know what I'm buying on? Cortland Sutton is a top 10 receiver. Noah Fant is a special, special player. Philip Lindsay is wildly talented. Uh, Jer- like, that's what I saw with Drew Locke last year. I saw a lot of yak. And, and the thing is, is I have not seen... Re- I have seen some, but I have not seen enough to really have any confidence in Drew Locke long term. No, I've not I'm either. Just saying it. I've not either. Yeah. I, I I need to see more out of this guy. They went out and they got new wide receivers for him, right? I see more in Gardner Minshew than I see in Drew Locke. Mm, I don't know if I, I if I would go that far, but I th- okay. I see I see. They went out and they decided John Elway was like, look, we need to get this guy some talented receivers. So go and get the kid from Penn State who's back healthy now. They go and get um, Jerry Judy. And and of course, I apologize to Drew Locke. Corton Sutton, Sutton is out now for the season, but they got some other guys that are talented enough in there that we need to start seeing better development. Tim Patrick is a talent. I, I don't disagree. Yeah, totally. So after that bad game against the Chiefs, let's see what he does this week against the Chargers. I'm really excited to watch this game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. AFC yeah, West Division. Sorry, battle. Drew. I didn't. I didn't mean to be that rude. Uh, so you were talking though about the team that would get more love as the Chargers. This is going to be the last one because then we have to get off. Uh, and man, I could talk to you forever. Uh, the team right now that is getting too much love. Who would that be? Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably go against uh, your card collection here, and, and I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Arizona. Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've in general, like Kyler Murray is a stud, but he's been getting them out of jams with his legs. And granted, I guess that could continue, but it's typically something that you need a better overall team. And I just, I just am not all that impressed with the Arizona Cardinals here. Um, there's a couple others, you know, like I, I don't think Cleveland is good as their 2013 Russell Wilson. He's 2013 Russell Wilson. And he doesn't have the defense he's, as a 2013 Seahawks. He doesn't have the defense. Oh, no, no, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He's But without the defense. Right. And it's what Russell Wilson had to deal with in years like five, six, seven, where he had to carry everything. That's the situation he's in. And he's not year five, six, seven Russell Wilson. So it's just a complete – I don't think he's going to be able to handle it like you're saying. Um, but, man, he's special, isn't he? Uh, he? He's very special. I'll tell you, like, there's a number of teams, like, I don't think the Bears are a 5-2 and two team, but I think that right. their problems on offense are actually fixable. There's stuff that they could do this season that could fix things and make their offense look much better than it looked like against the Rams. I think a team like the Browns are not a 5-2, and two, as good as their 5-2 and two record. Um, and without Odell Beckham, I'm interested to see where they go. But I still forecasted before the season, this team's making the playoffs. Like I still think that they are a good team. They're just, I mean, 5-2 and two is an yeah. outstanding record. Um, I don't know that the Bills are quite good enough to be 5-2 and two long term. I need to see, it's not about their offense. I think Brian Dayball and, and Josh Allen are doing a 
fine job there. They obviously have things that they mm. need to work on. It's their defense. You know, they need to get McDermott needs to get a lot more out of this defense in some capacity. So, and, and even the Colts, like they're at four and two, a very good record, right? Like that, that's a solid record, but, yeah. and the Titans, like, I don't think either team in that division necessarily is as good as their records. I think that they both will have winning records by the time all is said and done, but I just don't think that they're complete teams in, in every aspect of the game. And I think yeah. that they'll do a good enough job in some of these one score games to make their, their record look a little bit top heavy, but are they that good? Are they going to be as good as what the record indicates? I don't think so. Warren Sharp. I love you a lot. It was an absolute pleasure. Check him out. Sharp football on all social got a show on the ringer. Got some content coming at you from NBC. You're the man, bro. Thanks, buddy. Love Appreciate you too. You. Thanks for having me. Happy to join you, buddy. Keep keep crushing it. Love you. Hear ye, hear ye. These are the three crack commandments with Bill Krakenberger. Guess what? It's that time. Crack. Daddy. He's the crack. Daddy. Crack, guess who uh, was the guest uh, today? Who? Your best buddy, Warren Sharp. Oh, okay. I did. Oh, good. Good. Finally good, good. got a chance to talk to him again, man. It's been a yeah. long time. I feel like the band's back together. Yeah, the band is back together. That's good. Uh, you know, Warren having a, a good season, rolling along there, too. So happy to uh, – I talk to him, on you know, three or four times a week. So pretty cool. I know. Uh, I feel like he's changed. Do you think he's changed? I think he's gotten cooler. He's gotten uh, the the fashion police must have got a hold of him because I seen on your he show a, he was wearing an Adidas tracksuit for today's episode. Wow, little uh, yeah. Sopranos episode with uh, Warren Sharp. Yeah, he looked. He was making fun of the quarterback of the Cowboys, Ben DiNucci, and I was like, "You look like a Ben DiNucci right now." Right. <laughs> yeah that that's the question over there. We don't know who's gonna. I don't think we know who's starting right over there. It's a it's a toss up right now. Let, let's start there. Um, it's as Warren said, and I completely agree. If the line is seven and a half, which I think it still is now, we're now I'm recording on Thursday. It is eight and a half. Uh, actually, here in Vegas, Westgate, South Point, and Mirage, all nine and a half. So I feel like as it creeps that way, that makes me think it's Danucci time. Right. And so I, w- I was wondering though, if it's Andy Dalton, the line's probably around four and a half. If it's Danucci, the line's probably around 10. And so it was sitting there at seven. And so when, when something like this that is very news-based, are you scouring information or are you looking at probabilities of when someone gets a concussion like that, how often do they play the next week? How do you take advantage when the casinos kind of middle themselves? I like to see, well, that's a great, that's that's really a good word you just said. You're right. They kind of middle themselves. They look, and what that means out there, they, they you know, they're, they're writing bets minus nine and a half, and this game goes to ten and a half, lands on ten, and that's a disaster for most sports books. You're absolutely right in casinos. So uh, this particular game, I got to follow that offshore sharp line. I see Pinnacle here minus eight and a half, minus 05. I see Chris minus nine. Uh, now, now, what I mean by that is they're the ones that originate the line. Chris does. Chris puts up a line and everyone copies that line. There's no individual bookmakers sitting in a, a, a sports book that makes right. the line. They're just copying and being a vanilla line guy. And I understand, mm-hmm. by the way, I said that earlier. Um, 
people say, well, what do you mean there's no bookmakers? Every single sports book used to have their own originating bookmaker. Well, now you have corporate guys. You have guys in the sitting up in their safety perch. And if you hang a line of 10 on this Dallas game, when it's eight and a half and nine and nine and a half everywhere, you're going to get dog money. Now, what happens mm. if the dog covers and now you're, you know, 20, 30, $50,000 losing a loser on that game? Well, if you have a, a bunch of these games, these corporate guys that don't even know what 11 to 10 is, by the way, they say, how did you, how, we can't lose money, can we? Well, because you have a little opinion on a game. So you can't mm. have an opinion on the game. You have to uh, hang a line that you're going to hopefully get two-way action on. So I understand. So for, for people that don't know, uh, there is not a guy named Chris. It is the Costa Rica International Sportsbook, correct? correct. Yeah. Um, who do they have then? Or is it a, a system or is it? Why do they, why are they so confident to be first, and why is everybody so confident in copying them? Well, they have their own originator also. It's not just like uh, five guys sitting around in the room, uh, like, like the Westgate does that during Super Bowl props. They were like the first to put up props. There's like five guys sitting around in the room for uh, you know literally 48, 72 hours straight coming up with the props. That's the same thing uh, at an office like this. They have so much volume, by the way. They, they're like the number one. I mean, they have bookmaker.ag. Yeah. Bookmakers, just think about it. If you're searching for a bookmaker, you put a, a search in a search engine, book, they come up. So they, they have a good URL. So anyway, uh, going back to what I was saying, um, what you were saying also, they actually have a guy that they consider very sharp. And it may be not only What's one, maybe a couple of these guys. And uh, what would you say? What's his name? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I actually don't know. But do you ever wonder if that guy actually exists? You know, I know. I know he did, and you're right. It could. It might be just now that they hot because the idea. These sports books all over the last twenty five. I just have years. a hard time talking to people like you and Warren, and I see the way that analytics and I hear. I talk to friends that are in the financial space that tell me that they've created models for betting and all, and like. I just have a hard time knowing that there's so much math and science out there and that there's a sports book with a guy. I just yeah. don't think that the casino is using a guy. I feel well, like their guy is like Watson or well, something they, like they, that. They, they, they definitely had a guy that they would literally make open them up and uh, when the line wasn't published out to the public and they would take a bet on each game. And from this guy for like five or ten grand, and they know which which way to set the line. Now, granted, he didn't bet every game, but let's say he bet certain games minus three. Well, then they move it up to three and a half or even a four based on him letting them open them up first. Now, is that's oh god? They may have hired that guy though, Adam. You're right. They may have hired that guy, and they don't have to take his bets no more. You have a good point, man. I just okay. How about this? Here's another question. Because let's say I know that when you go in and you throw some money, the line may change. Yep. Circa just opened up a new sports book I saw. Yep. And I saw you in a tuxedo. You looked beautiful. Oh, cool. Um, Thanks. And I saw you with your Yorkie. It was adorable. Yeah. Uh, but, but because you were there, I'm going to give them the credit. If Circa came to you and said, we want to hire you, but you can't bet anymore. How much would it cost to take you out of the books? Yeah, you couldn't. You couldn't pay me enough. Is, there's not a number. You know, there's always a number. But you'd still be in lot. You'd still be involved in line creation. Can, can I? And I can work from home. I I, I can't get up yep. to an alarm. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give you all of the benefits. Oh, oh, good. Wow. But I can't bet no more with them. Or no, in general, I can't bet. You're you're literally a casino. You're a line maker. 
Yeah. Would would you take would you take this a this million dollars a, a year? This may be a surprise. A million dollars a year. Oh, a million, a million I would a million I would take. <laughs> yeah. A million bucks I'm taking. Guaranteed million okay. dollars. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've never had a losing year. And Before me, taxes. I'm just kidding. I, I, I never had a losing year. And I listen, I pay taxes on a ridiculous amount of money. Um, when I won the, the contest um, over at the the M when they first come open to town, Circa, I, I, you know, I won a half a million dollars. So I paid taxes on over a million that year. So, um, man, I mean, it, it does happen. But I, I, a, a nine right now, I, like, Listen, a million bucks. You're not bucks? a nine to five guy. You're not a nine to five guy. No, I, I can't. Be, I can't be getting up to an alarm clock and dressing up. Listen, I dressed up the other night in that that rented tux and it rented was, shoes, and um, that I, I, that killed me. I, I I didn't realize how I was standing outside in the cold. It was fifty degrees for two and a half hours standing outside on concrete. Is there a sports gambler Hall of Fame? There is a blackjack Hall of Fame in uh, in California. Not what I asked about. I'm talking right. sports betting. It doesn't no. exist. No, there should do be. Do you see the bit? Do you see the business opportunity here? Yeah, yeah. There should be a whole because, of fame. and and okay. Let's say we start it. We get the funding. We get some VC, and then we build a hall, and it's in Vegas. We go to Circa. We go, hey, this could be really cool. Ooh. Um, if you could only induct four in your first class, all all timers, they could be alive or dead. Who are you? Who are your first inductions into the Sports Gambling Hall of Fame? Oh, what a question. What a question. Um, believe it or not, I know you think right away, Billy Walters has to be it. I don't know if I would induct the betters like myself or Billy Walters or Billy Baxter, which these are sharp guys over the years. Yeah. There's computer groups. There was syndicate computer groups that I'd like to you know, put in there. But it's Name more one. of- do, you, do they have names? Yeah, it's, sure. The pokers, the koshers. The pokers. Pokers and koshers, the kosher guys, the kosher boys were were really killers. What, I mean, when was their peak? What time? Probably the early uh, early nineties, late eighties, and um and, and the hey, same you know thing. who those guys are? They're the kosher boys. Yeah, the kosher boys, and and um the, you know there has been the, the poker guys destroyed people too. They had a they had a great um um program model with baseball totals and they were they were they were great so there's been some really hot groups over the years and there's some guys that that were really um strong about, guys let's do this let's do yeah. this we're gonna make the four you're gonna pick one group pokers or koshers uh probably have to go with the koshers there picking the koshers we're gonna pick one bookmaker at a casino who would you put in a brick and mortar casino a, a legal Casino here yep, in the states. Yep, yep. I mean, you'd have to pick Circa. They take my bets. They take five and ten thousand dollar bets from nice. me. Nice. Yeah. Uh, now let's do an individual sharp. Who are you putting in? You know the 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 guy that was behind Billy Walters, behind Doc Midland, made made his own uh, program uh, that that beat everyone, and that was called. Um, let me just tell you though, too, that was called the computer group. If you do a search, people at home, do a search for the computer group sports betting. What a story that is on Billy Walters and the computer group that was behind him, the betters that were behind is him. Is there an entertaining book about that? Um, there is a book on tape and it's fantastic. It's, it's, uh, I'll oh, look it up because that sounds fun. 
is a book on tape that's unbelievable. I've listened to it. I have it in my car. Smart Money. Yeah, uh, Smart Money by okay. uh, Koenig. Michael Koenig. K-O-N-I-K. Yeah, what sure. a great book on tape that is. I All really right, so what we it. have right now, we have uh, a group. We have um, uh, Circa. We have uh, your guy, the better. Uh, and now I need. I think that the fourth person, and I know that he's been, he said some things that were a little bit messed up, but I, I kind of think that Jimmy the Greek should be in the first class. And I don't know wow. if you disagree, if you agree wow. or disagree with me. Listen, you have a great point. He was a character of characters. My old man always wanted to know what the Greeks plays were. And even if it was to bet against them, it doesn't it's, matter. When he, was, I think about it like this. Right now we are going through a sports betting renaissance when it comes to content. I say it on NBA on TNT. They're showing the lines on ESPN. ESPN has pretty much turned ESPN News into a betting network with lines running all of the time. And it feels as though it's just beginning. But like 50 years ago, Jimmy the Greek was on there talking about who to take. And and it's you need like what Matthew Berry is to fantasy. That's what I think that guy is to sports betting. Jimmy the Greek with that look, with the, the suit, and the gold chains and the button down and just the old school ways and his mannerisms. How about the, the rose colored glasses, the hair, which uh, was like a wrestler. Yeah, he was, he was, he was Jimmy fly, super snooker. He was, uh, he was, uh, he was, he really was the 30 for 30 on him is fantastic. I got to check that out. Oh, Oh, I, I I teared up. I teared up. You know, this guy comes from an old, but I feel like you cry at a lot of movies. I, te- I, I, you know, um, it's okay. I do. It's I amazing. Since my, maybe since, you know, my, since my parents passed three and one year ago, I, oh, you know, I was a strong guy at the funerals there, you know, for my old fashioned Italian mom. I was the strong guy for my brother, for her sister, for her family and our family. I was the strong guy. I held everything in and that's what I do. I don't, uh, I, I really didn't, um, show no emotion there, but however, see, even for my dad too, I was the strong guy. But yet, Eddie Van Halen died a couple weeks ago, and I, I find myself crying on the chat. Uh, listen, I love music. It's my escape. I love going mm. to concerts, and that's the one thing I'll indulge and spend a couple thousand bucks on first row seats. I, I, I've seen Van Halen three, four times in first row, been backstage. Um, you know, Motley Crue, same thing, went backstage with them. Yeah. Uh, the Rolling Stones, I've been in first row. There's a trick, by the way, to buying those seats. I, listen, there, there are a lot of money. Yes, first row seats are five, even 10000 for the Rolling Stones. However, let's see the last day. I always wait till the last day, and I get the first row seats for like 1000 yep. Listen, the last Stone show I seen in the first row, the ticket price was 600 I paid 1000 each. I mean, it, it, you know, people, you know, just last minute, they, everyone panics because no one's spending that kind of money. People don't have that kind of money to spend. So true. Uh, anyway, going back to Eddie Van Halen. I, I, he was my one of my favorites, one of my all-time. Sounds myself. like you like music. Every night watching, every single night I've been watching Eddie Van Halen on YouTube. Really? Um, yeah, every night. Usually, but Shit. I'm more of a Sinatra guy too now. Uh, I love Sinatra, Dean Martin, that kind of old school music and the Rat Pack stuff. I like almost. I get a kick out of you. That's right. That's um, exactly right, Mister Crack Daddy. Yeah. Your. When you look at the slate this week. Yes. What was the one that jumped out to you right away? Well, let me tell you. Usually I have a crack, men, a crack wins play of the week, which I, by the way, I, um, my guys just told me. I, I don't really keep track are, of records. Are I'm you going really, like 80% right now? I cannot believe what the NFL. When, matter of fact, 
when when Matt, you know, my, my right hand man Matt, yeah, when he sent Shout me out the, to Matt. Yeah. When he sent me the record, 62, 27, and 4, I was like, wait a minute. I was wow. like, Matt, I gotta check. I said, I gotta check what, what <laughs> I had to recheck him, I admit it. So I call my That's guy. That's huge, man. I couldn't believe that's the listen to me. The NFL has just been unbelievable this year. It's been bailing me out too sometimes. sometimes I was wondering why your your background just keeps getting better every week. Apparently it's because you keep winning. Yeah. No. All I right. Mean, so but for but for this week, for for week yeah. eight, what was the one that jumped out to you? This is really good. What I'm gonna tell you here. This is a um I'm like an open book here on this one. Yes. You know, I I I'll tell you, all these syndicate plays this week, early in the week, were under. So I can go down. I have my my. I mean, this screen is this is the Bible to me. If you could yeah. see this here, you That's love the Bible. that Bible. All the lines, everything there, everything moving. It's a live line service that I have. I use that Don Best. I hate paying for it, but it's a pretty expensive. Um, but there's a free one out there too. I, I use the East Coast. When I'm on the East Coast, I use um, Odds Odds Trader. It's free. What was well, what was the one that jumped out? All right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I have ADD. I know I you're ADD. trying to get a sponsorship. No, we'll get no, one. No. Don Best, make it happen. No, they they were they, they don't please we pay them thousands a month. So anyway, um, going back to uh, the games. Listen, all these games are hit under. I'll tell you right now, they're all hit under because wind is going to be everywhere this weekend. That's they're what talking. Warren was talking about too. He did forty yeah. mile an hour gust. Um, and, and and I actually talked to Warren about this too. The gust of wind this week, the gust everywhere. But now listen though, these games are bet Monday morning. I see all these totals that went under. They moved them four or five points because of wind six days ahead of time. So mm. the trick is watching. I didn't listen. I didn't do this yet. I didn't bet any of these unders over. But the trick will be to watch my screen, talk to my guys because there'll be a time when we get a better forecast, a better grasp on that. That we're gonna go over. On which which were the games that moved the most because of wind? Let's let's get on them now. I have yeah. I have let's a list. get on. I have, I have a list of games that moved under. Um, here we go. Wind games. Minnesota Green Bay moved from fifty five and a half to fifty one. I'm giving wow. you the opener, at Chris. And I'm and I'm gonna tell you right now. Yep. That that to me feels like a track meet because I think a lot of people are gonna see what Green Bay did to Houston last week. Uh, and they're going to go, oh, Houston didn't score. And I'm like, listen, like, I, I really believe the Minnesota offense is starting to come together. And cool. I think their defense stinks. And I think Green Bay's defense is a little bit overrated too. That's The fact that that's down to 51 is interesting because I yeah. liked it at 55. Tampa Bay showed us that. You're right. Um, so let, let's see. That, that, that may be a spot for an over. Fantastic. Let's get to the next one. These are some big moves here. This is an amazing move. So Cousins does oddly weird against Green Bay. He puts up 30 on Green Bay like the last three times. Anyway, continue. Wow, that sounds like that's going to be an over from Adam Lefko this week on that game. Yeah, but now cool. i got to watch the weather channel. Yeah, just just oh, you just get a wind forecast. The wind, yeah. the wind means everything. People see snow and they freak out and bet under. It means nothing. But it's the Some wind. quarterbacks love it, the wind and the gust. Uh, Buffalo and New England opened 46. It's 41 and a half. Uh, mm. I can't believe how much these, even the lower totals, have moved so much. Uh, Tennessee, Cincinnati, 55 and a half down to 53 and a half. I could keep on going here. Las Vegas, Cleveland, giant move. 55 and a half down to 51. Now, wow. these are all win. These are all win related. And I listen, I can go down the whole schedule, almost every single game. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, going back to the East Coast there. Um, Three, uh, the, the three and a half aside, the totals forty nine. It was down to forty six. 
these guys, these games all moved three points. Let me tell you something. They all moved based on syndicate play, but let me tell you something. Those gambling syndicates, they may be middling stuff because not that you usually middle NFL totals. I don't recommend that for anyone, but these particular games, they're all moving under, and I think the over money is going to come in. The trick is when to strike. So watch mm. your screens, watch your stuff, and uh, you'll know when to strike. Uh, are there any fishy lines out there this week that you're like, you know what, I, it looks too good to be true to me? Well, the state, the the real game. The, 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 listen, the key game this week, and everyone wants to see this game. I just talked Steelers about Ravens. Yes, this opened five I, and I a half. It opened five and a half, and a lot of people were like, "How could you make them a five and a half point dog?" Um, I've talked about this a bunch already. The Steelers coming off two huge wins, uh, and this is their third huge game in a row. But I'm curious what you think now that it's down to four. Yeah. You ever see an unbeaten team getting five and a half points? That's unbelievable. The only unbeaten team, by the way, in the NFL getting five and a half points. So it went down to three and a half quickly. However, I see this morning a little trend action. All across my screen, I'm looking at fours now. So maybe the money came back a little bit on Baltimore. Listen, Pittsburgh we've seen last week is a little vulnerable. They, they were had a giant lead in that game and, uh, you know, almost lost it at the end, really. So Tennessee – Tennessee's a good team too, though. Um, so, so anyway – I don't really have no opinion. Size is tough to me. But I'll tell you, if this game was going more towards that three, I said, you know, Baltimore might be the side here. But that's not going to happen. It looks like they're going up here. Uh, fishy game. I'll tell you, that there's a couple There's a couple games that I looked at. I, I actually uh, – that, that I thought were, wow, like almost stay away. That would be the right word, right? The stay away game? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. That that Vikings, the side. Let's see what it is now. Minnesota Green Bay. It's in red. It's urgent because of injuries. The line is seven, seven dog, 20, a couple six and a halfs out here in Vegas. I, I, I don't know what side is right in that game. With, with, because of the seven points, it's almost a stay away game for me. Uh, Minnesota being one and five. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, 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 Minnesota's one and five, right. And the, Vic, and the Packers, I think, are five and one. Is that right? I think the Packers are almost positive. Um, I'm anyway. looking back right now. The Ravens, yeah. after their bye, five of the last six seasons have won. Last year after the bye, they came out. Remember, it was the game of the year. And on, uh, I think it was Sunday night, they beat the Patriots 37 to 20. Yes. That was after their bye. Yep. And that's the reason why if I'm going on a side there, I'm gonna, I think the public is going to be all over Pittsburgh uh, because they're like, I get Pittsburgh and the points. Okay. And for me, I'm looking at the Ravens coming off of a bye and knowing that it's John Harbaugh, who coached under Andy Reid. This is a Ravens team that has Super Bowl ambitions, and they're hearing about how the Steelers team is right up there with them. Uh, I I don't think I'm going to bet on this game, but I think if I was, I feel like the Ravens, as the line keeps coming down, it's giving me more and more value. Um it's just Very such good. a fascinating yeah. game because I feel like the I Steelers wish this defense, was a primetime game. This is a one PM game. I know, I know it's a write in. This should be like I don't even know if the, we're gonna watch, we're gonna get would any ex, would any experience better touch the Jets Chiefs game with that nineteen and a half point line at all? It's funny you it's funny you hit on this game. This is a very interesting situation, and I'm only gonna talk about it on your show right now. Um, you know, there's a correlation parlay that the sports books are in fear of. Most won't even take it, 
and that's the first half. Normally, you'll have to have a three-to-one ratio. So if a spread is 10 in the first half, it's going to have to be 30 or more for you to bet favor and over. We have a situation here that never happens very rarely ever in the NFL. We have a double-digit favorite in the first half. First one of the year, you won't see this probably the rest of the year. So uh, if you like Kansas City, I know it sounds so square. This is easy, Kansas City and over. Well, if you like Kansas City, you like them in the first half. You, you, you know, it was now it's eleven and a half. It was it was eleven earlier, mm. but eleven and a half. You see if your sports book takes favorite and over. I'm shocked to say I actually bet that yesterday just for a peanut because it was only here in town. You can't find yeah. it anywhere else. So, conversely, the opposite side of that. Now I'm seeing twelve. Circa has twelve here on the first half and twenty five and a half. It's not a bad idea to go dog and under, too. So this is also a correlation, you know, taking the points mm. under. So this rarely, if ever, happens in the NFL. It's a very interesting situation. Listen, Jets' defense last week allowed only six field goals. If any one of them right. was a touchdown, they would have covered Buffalo. So uh, and, and Jets were winning 10 nothing outright. I was actually hoping they won outright. Uh, of course, they didn't. Uh, who knows? That that may that may have been their Super Bowl. They may fall apart this week and get blown away. But then again, they may feed off that defensive uh, victory. We, and you know, oh man, what a fascinating week! I'm I'm just I'm looking around and I'm I'm looking at the Saints and the Bears, and then I'm thinking about wind. And I'm like, if Drew Brees has to play outside in the wind, like that's he's always bad there. And then Seattle, San Francisco, what a phenomenal game that's going to be. C- San Francisco is like this sneaky team right now that seemingly put it all together um man those are those are interesting matchups there Craig. yeah yeah the seattle game is perfect three point home favorite that's what you allow three points for that means they're that means they're literally even teams so you give them three for being the home field that should be a great game you're absolutely right and i probably Ooh. didn't realize how good uh these games should be chicago new Orleans, you know playing in chicago there uh new orleans you're right and that that's that wind off that off that we're talking about before off that uh, water there that's uh that that's going to be very interesting gonna play tricky if it's 35 one last question before i say goodbye uh first of all go and check out the crack wins app that's where crack daddy is his home base articles tips advice bets thank you that's right um I saw stories today with the new york giants where it seems like they all started partying and they got uh covid um, their game is supposed to be on Monday night. I'm seeing the line at 12 right now, and I'm curious how much has that line changed uh, this morning as we're recording this on Thursday. Yeah, off the board, off the board at the major off the board. books, off the board. Uh, yes, um, and uh, yeah, they look, there's, there's two sports books that say they have it up at 11 and a half. I, I don't think they're even real, real lines. So everywhere, all the major sports books off the board. Uh, that is interesting what happens here. Pay attention. That's what social media, that's what uh, pay attention to the team reports, maybe even the beat reporter. Uh, that's very important because you really want to get be the first to grasp the, the new line when it comes out, uh, if it comes out, if we even play the game. So uh, excellent, and, uh, excellent thing there. Yeah. One last question. Sure. Uh, Rams, Dolphins. Yep. Rams favor by three and a half in Miami. I have learned many times it's great to bet against teams in one o'clock games in Miami, especially when it's hot and gross. But my question there is, it's two a time. Rookie quarterback. Do you have a history of betting against rookie quarterbacks in their first start? Is that something that you pride yourself on ever? 
you know, you, you would think that a guy like him would have um, a tough time of it first game or so, but he's been practicing on it. He's got a good attitude. So I, I've actually heard him speak a couple times. And uh, I, I got to tell you, I, I didn't bet this game, but if I was to bet it, there's a couple fours out here in Vegas. I, I, I might have to take the dog there and go with the points at home, the home points there. Uh, we've seen the Rams early in the season. They, they Listen, they've been playing last week. They had, they had, you know, they're having a couple of good games here, but – I might take Miami. I think Miami's coming off a bye, too. Is that correct? They are, yes. Yeah, they're coming off a bye, too. So they may be ready for them here. Uh, I, I, it's an interesting game, and it's one of the games that someone said. Uh, I'm going to be honest. If Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing, I would feel very confident betting right. it. Uh, for me, I just I don't know what I'm going to get out of Tua. So I it's I kind of want to watch that as a fan because there is part of me that goes, if I bet on Tua and he craps the bet in the first game, it will change the way that I view him for the rest of my life. Wow. Because wow. when so, you yeah. bet on when you bet on somebody and they blow it, you're like, oh, this one time he blew it. And you can't, I can't get over it. Sometimes. Almost a national stage for him, for him it is. And, and that's very interesting. It should be a fun game to watch. I, I, now yeah. that you're saying that, I th- automatically think first half. Let's see what happens in the first half. Might be a second half play there. Oh, that's a good move. Crack, you are the man. The Crack Wins app is always. I love talking about betting history in addition to what's going on this week. Thank you, pal. Thank you, sir. Have a good week. Awesome. See you, brother. All right. It's now time for me to make my bets. So let's say goodbye to Crack. See ya. He's leaving. And he's gone. Uh, again, coming up uh, in just a little bit, we are going to have my interview with Josh Allen. What a good guy. Uh, what a just good energy. Uh, he's launching Josh's Jacks, uh, and he's trying to raise uh, money for a hospital up there in the Buffalo area, which I think is pretty great. I have now listened to Warren. I have now listened to Crack. David Ingber is out doing important things. Uh, and I know that my interview with Josh Allen is there. So Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like we're going to have a double loser bet for Mingber this week. Uh, I'm going to make sure that he puts one out on social, though, to keep up with the trend. With that in mind, I'm going over. I'm looking at Raiders-Browns. It's interesting. I'm looking at Chargers-Broncos. Everybody's loving Herbert. Broncos just lost. It's at mile high. That defense could could present some problems. I just... I don't want to bet on Drew Locke. As I mentioned, Saints outside, favored by four and a half in Chicago. Everyone's going to hate Chicago this week. Nick Foles is getting to arguments with Adam Gase because of something Brian Greasy said, but it is Drew Brees outside. I'd love to bet against him, but I don't know if Michael Thomas is coming back or Emmanuel Sanders is coming back. And also the weakness of the Bears is the run game. And I don't know if you've seen, but Alvin Kamara is kind of a boss. 49ers getting two and a half in Seattle. Man, I want to root for Russell Wilson, so I don't know where to go. And then there's the Eagles sitting there at minus eight and a half. Okay. I am going to go for my love list like. I'm going to go for my like. The Buffalo Bills minus three and a half over the Patriots. I saw that they were getting their offensive line healthy. Uh, The Patriots, I don't know if this is, man, are they really going to lose three in a row against a team that they really, really know? Man, but boy, do they look bad. They look bad. Um, 
Yeah, I'm still doing it. I know that that is, uh, man, that's stupid. Okay, I'm switching it. Damn it. But that was going to be one. I am going to make my like Tennessee minus five and a half. And that is against Cincinnati. I talked about that earlier with Warren Sharp. I am going to make my, oh, that's my list. Damn it. That's my list. My like, I'm going to make the over Green Bay, Minnesota. And my love, and this means it's it's trouble time. I'm making Philadelphia minus eight and a half. Those are going to be my bets. So my list is Tennessee minus five and a half. My my like is Green Bay, Minnesota over 51. And my love is Philadelphia by eight and a half. Uh, thank you to Warren Sharp. Thank you to Crack Daddy. And now here is my interview with Josh Allen. Enjoy. I am here with the strongest arm in the West, except he resides in the East, the AFC East. He started out there in Wyoming, and he bucked his Bronco all the way to Buffalo. Josh freaking Allen, I was so jealous when I would see you with my guy Sims, and now you're here with me, and I feel good about it. How are you today, pal? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on, Adam. Um, man, I have so many questions, but I want to start off with something that you're doing that is great. Uh, I don't know if when you were growing up, Wheaties boxes were a thing, but when I was growing up, if you were on a cereal box, you were the bee's knees. Like that phrase, that phrase is dead. Josh is Jax. What do you got going on? What do the kids need to be on the lookout for? Yeah, it's a uh, cereal, obviously, through PLBS&E. It's a sports and entertainment group. I think Pat Mahomes and Juju um, Smith-Schuster in the same type of deal, uh, but it's it's a Cereal that's being sold at Tops and Wegmans and online at plbsne.com. Um, and a portion of the proceeds get to go to Oshai Children's Hospital, which I'm super pumped for. Mm. Hospital over here in uh, Western New York that does a lot of great work. And I've been, um, you know, doing some some things with them since I first got here. And uh, super excited to kind of see um, something that's just kind of fun. You know, it's a cereal box and you're on yeah. top of the cereal box. And it goes for a really good cause, too. So. Uh, it's kind of killing two birds with one stone there. I'm super pumped to be a part of it and I'm super excited for, you know, Josh's Jacks to, to continue to be sold and further my relationship with the Oshai Social Hospital. I have seen videos of athletes going into hospitals. I've shot videos and I see the reaction of the kids. They go so nuts. It has to mean so much to them. But I'm curious when you get done, if you do one of your visits and then you go in the car. What is that feeling like after you just spent time with a bunch of kids out there at the hospital? I mean, it, it's either two things, man. It's, it's, man, that was awesome. Or it's just like it's gut-wrenching to, to see these kids who shouldn't be put in the position that they're being put in. Um, but at the same time, just to kind of go in their room and brighten their day. And, you know, it's all online right now virtually. And I did a, a visit a couple weeks ago, and I'm actually doing another one today. Um, but just to see their faces light up and knowing that, even just me saying hello and I am there for you and I'm praying for you, how much that means to those kids. I mean, if I was in that position where they were at, I mean, a visit from, you know, like I said, I was a huge 49er fan. But if I had Frank Gore send me a video or Jeff Garcia or Tim, whoever the case it may be, yeah. I mean, that would have just lifted my spirits and my family spirits knowing that I watch these guys on TV and they actually care and they actually want to come and see me. Um, so you know, I, I've been blessed to be put in the position that I've been in, um, and I want to give back as, as much as that I can. And, um, 
you know, just something as simple as that, you know, can go a long way. I was not expecting to hear Tim Rattay's name this early in the interview. Was that, hey. was that the guy? Was Tim Rattay the guy? Timmy Rat, he was one of the first quarterbacks I remember being at the helm for the 49ers. It was Jeff Garcia, Tim Rattay. I know Coach Dorsey, who's now uh, our quarterback coach sure. here. He was Ken there Dorsey's your quarterback's coach. Yeah, and he is the man. He's awesome. How old were you when Miami beat Ohio State? Um, I would have been because that was in 01, right? Yeah. I would have been five, five years old. Or, and or however that game ended. Just so now that he's your coach, is that crazy? Because that Miami team, man, that was the shit back in the day. Yeah. And I, I give him I give him crap all the time. You know, whenever he talks, it's like we get it, Doris, you were thirty eight and two as a coach <laughs> or as as a quarterback in Miami, thirty eight and two. And I always seem to mess the numbers up. I always say thirty seven and eight or whatever it is, and he has has to correct you, say you know, thirty eight and two, but whatever. So uh, oh, yeah. I I try to dig under his skin a little bit with his record. You grew up now. I want to talk about the other one of the other guys you mentioned. You grew up rooting for Frank Gore. Then you played with Frank Gore. Then this past weekend you played against Frank Gore. Your your life cycle with Frank. Uh, what what has it been like from kid to now, from kid to teammate to opponent? Well, he is the OG, you know. And I had Frank Gore's jersey as a kid growing up, watching him going to 49ers games. Um, Last year was really cool for Christmas. He got me a 49er jersey, signed it for me, and um, I'm getting it framed. I'm going to be putting it up. So, uh, But, I mean, talk about just one of the greatest dudes you can be around, the the energy that he brings to a team, the leadership, the mentality. Um, I mean, and he just seems like he's not going to stop. You know, he, he was out there running the ball really well against us last week. That's going to be my follow-up question. You know how fantasy people get. They always ask every year, what is it about Frank Gore that coaches love so much? Can you answer that question? Yeah, I mean, it's – I kid you not. He is always the first one in the locker room, like legit 5 o'clock in the morning. He's either working out. He's either getting treatment on his body. Mm. He's either talking – like he's just – he's always doing something for the benefit of the team. And that's, that's why coaches love him so much. Everybody in the locker room loves him. He doesn't take crap from anybody. Like he just wants to win football games and be a part of a winning program. That's all he wants to do. So, um, I mean, the fact that he's still doing, I mean, I can see him doing it for another couple of years because just, it just doesn't seem like he's slowing down. I'm going to ask, I was just about to say, Josh, I was watching some of your game on Sunday and I saw some dudes trying to sack you and you put their face into the earth. And I just have to imagine that there are D linemen that have never had that experience before. Do they tell you this afterwards? A little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit of a, a crap talker myself on the field. Nice. So uh, whenever that happens, I, I let them know a little bit, but I've toned it down this year a little bit. I've just been kind of focusing on, on what we're doing and trying to get ready for the next play and, trying to have a shorter memory, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I get, get a couple compliments. Dude, I always you get plant a, them in the earth and these are 350 pound dudes. It's yeah, awesome. I, mean, I, I don't know what to say. Like it just, it's part of my game. I'm super competitive. I don't ever want to go down. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it's to, uh, the detriment of, of the football, but, um, I'm learning and we're, we're getting better in that aspect. Well, I laugh because like you and Wentz had the same coach and there are times where both of you guys look like a combination of Mike Allstott and Randall Cunningham. And it, and I, I wasn't sure if he was the one that gave it to you guys. So I was, I didn't know. 
You know, I, I think, uh, you know, Coach Bowl, who I love dearly, he's, he's like a, a good – I know it's an age thing. He's like a, another grandfather sure, for me. Sure, sure. Um, but he he must have saw something in us that he, you know, thought that were quite similar um, in, in the terms of, you know, we're highly competitive guys. We had chips on our shoulder. Obviously, you look at how many offers and stars, whatever we had out of high school, yeah. were very similar there too. So, um, and I'm a big fan of Carson, what he's been doing. I know he's kind of been handed a tough, uh, tough end of the stick this year, but he's Hell making yeah. making do with what he's got, and um, I think they're leading the division right now, if I'm not not mistaken. Yeah, you too. I'm proud of yeah. you. It's awesome. Well, thank um, you. There was one defensive lineman that brought you down this year, and I was shocked at it. To watch Aaron Donald throw you was a testament to Aaron Donald, but it was also like I've never seen that happen to Josh, and I just wanted to know what that ride was like. No, I've never experienced anything like that either. And, like, it was one of those, like, I got the ball to two steps and tried to step up to avoid him, and I didn't know where I was at. I was in the spin cycle. I mean, he threw me. My feet left the ground. I dropped the ball, and he picked it up. I mean, it was just – it was unbelievable. And the play prior – he actually got another sack on me. I mean, the way that he maneuvered and pulled the lineman and got around him and got to me before I even turned my head around. It was, it, he's unbelievable at what he does. I'm all for giving him a gold jacket now so I don't ever have to play him again. Already, let him retire, yes, put him just, in the Hall of Fame. Write down a number of how much we got to pay him to, <laughs> to get rid of him. But um, he is, he's special. He, he's going to be playing at an extremely high level for a very long time. And, um, we, we share the same financial advisor. So I just, every time I play him, I guess I just kind of like, Troy, just tell him to tell him to take it easy a little bit. How, how different is it when you have an elite pass rusher at tackle versus, um, I mean, there's so many good ones, like a TJ Watt on the end. How different is it when they're lined up right in front of you? I mean, it just, it messes with your eyes. Like usually on the ends, you see in peripheral, like in your peripherals and you can film a little bit. You can know when to step up and step when to up, get out yeah. of it. But, I mean, when it's a deep tackle and he just comes straight down the middle, where do you, you don't really have anywhere to go. Mm. And it, not only that, it messes with your eyes because you see color flash and you're like, I don't know if I should hold on the ball or try to throw it away. Or mm. it just It's a different challenge. And um, if he's got one-on-one -on -one coverage, you know, good luck. Yeah, I don't think you can. And I think any OC that draws that up, you need to look at him immediately and be like, come on, this ain't, this ain't the yeah. guy. This ain't the week. Um. I know that you're good friends with my good friend, Sam Darnold, and I was just curious, uh, is there any party that feels for him right now? Um, I mean, I, I definitely feel for him. I mean, he works extremely hard, and obviously we spend a lot of time in the offseason together. And, you know, I, I recently bought a house. It's probably 10 minutes from his. And uh, like I said, we spend a lot of in time. Cali. We train together. In Cali, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So we, we train together. We throw together. We hang out and go to the beach and hang at each other's houses. So, um, you know, I definitely want to see him have success. And um, we, we talk very often, him, myself, and Kyle Allen, and um, we, have, we share a very good relationship. But, you know, I want to see, see all my brothers succeed. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a tough go around for him. But, I, I mean, I got no doubt in my mind what Sam can do on the football field and how much talent that he has and uh, how smart of a quarterback and smart of a person he is. So, I know that uh, you know he's doing his best right now, and things aren't super bright. But he's he's having a positive shoulder on or head on his shoulders right now, and just trying to do things to to help the team. Every time I watch him play, there's like four or five play throws where I go, 
Now, if you had protection and weapons the whole time, you could have this all game. And yeah. I, when you, your draft is so interesting because of the five names and because of the debate and where do you rank them? And it was a huge deal leading up to it. And now I, I look at it and I go, Josh and Lamar, it seems as though the franchises did a great job of building around your strengths. Where Lamar, they built the offense around them. They got them some weapons, some tight ends, some running backs, and they came up with this whole new system. And they got an OC that understands him. And with you, I feel similar to go out and get Stephon Diggs, to go out there and draft a Dawson Knox and a Devin Singletary and a Zach Moss, and to get um, the OC that you have right now that I think has Dayball has burst on the scene. I think he's been doing it really the whole time you've been there. How nice is it? When a team goes, you're the guy, and then builds around you, does it take your mind off of it? What is that like from your perspective? It definitely does, and you know, I, I credit and applaud my front office and uh, what Brandon Bean and, and Joe Shane have been able to do. But I think it, it even starts on top with Kim and Terry Pagula. Um, just how much time, money, effort, resource that they put into the Buffalo Bills in order to to allow us to have you know a successful franchise and mm. hopefully. Um, a long time successful franchise, you know, just the fact of how much detail they put into our training room, our weight room, um, all the coronavirus restrictions and stuff, how much time and energy they put in making sure that we were able to have facilities that were um, of use and, and they're clean. And um, I mean, it, it, they're top of the program. And, um, you know, I, I tip my hat to them every time I see them, thank them every time I see them because uh, they know what they're doing here and they're doing it right. Uh, once again, uh, Josh is talking to us today because of Josh Jacks. His face is on a uh, cereal box, and a good amount of the proceeds will be going to a local hospital out there in Buffalo, which is phenomenal. Uh, you guys started off with a bang. Last few weeks have been a little bit tougher. You got the win on Sunday, which is all that matters. What What are you in the lab right now looking at? What are the things that were working early, not working now? What part of the process are we in? Well, I mean, we're seeing some teams play um, some more soft zone and trying to force me to play patient ball. And, um, you know, in the first couple of weeks, we had some success with uh, some deeper shots and guys getting open and making some plays downfield for us. But, um, you know, right now it's just making the right decisions, uh, not trying to force anything down the, down the field, getting our running game going. Um, and then, obviously, this last week, we didn't do a good enough job of getting in the uh, end zone. We, we didn't punt yeah, you were one moving time. the ball whenever you wanted. We didn't, yeah, we didn't punt one time, but we got we got to find ways to go get six down there, and um, you know that's a, an area that we're typically very good at. So uh, some penalties and tough decisions on my part could have changed that, but it is what it is. We'll learn from it. Like you said, the wins uh, all that matter. Uh, we're five and two, and uh, we got another division game this week that's going to be you know going against a, against arguably the greatest coach of all time and a really good defense. So. Um, something our offensive side is looking forward to. Does it feel like a different year, though, because it's not Belichick and Brady in terms of like the – like even when they start two and three, you go, we know that they're going to be back. Is there Was there any part of you guys that are like, this is really an amazing opportunity that hasn't happened in two decades? I mean, I think I think there is that, that part of you wants to think that there is a great opportunity. And, you know, every year there is, but – um, nobody's been able to take advantage of these opportunities. So until something changes, yeah. until we see it, um, you know, I'll believe that. But right now, you know, we're playing an extremely good defense with a, arguably the greatest coach of all time. Um, 
And, you know, they don't. I'll say, I'll say he is. I'll say Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. And they don't handle losing too well over there. And um, he usually does a great job against the Bills and scheming uh, and putting together a really good game plan. So um, we're going to have to make some in-game adjustments. We know that and we understand that. But, you know, we're we're expecting a four-quarter dogfight. And you know what I'd say? I don't know if people have watched the Bills-Patriots game since you've been there, but they've all been close. All of them. I feel like you've given them a fight. I have two uh, numbers questions, and then we're going to wrap up because okay. I know you have a lot of stuff to do. Number one, if I would have put you on the end on the goal line, and we really had you launch a ball as far as you could, what's the number? I think it's probably right around eighty-two. Eighty-two. Mm. Yeah. Has anyone ever beaten you in person? No, no. And we 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 had a strong strong arm guy last year, Tyree Jackson. Oh yeah, because he could really chuck yeah. it. Yeah. Because I know that you and Mahomes joke about it, and I I I think that that's what the Pro Bowl should be. Instead of a game, it should just be you and Mahomes, and then on the other side, it should be DK racing against uh, Tyreek Hill, and I would pay yeah. to watch both of those. I mean, I'm in, okay. I mean, especially if we get some proceeds going to uh, towards Oshai Church's hospital. Bang. That'd be great. Second number. If it meant getting Buffalo Bills fans back into the stadium, how many tables would you jump through? As many as it took. Mm. 100, 1,000. I'd, I'd do it. I'd, every table at every single grocery store. Have you gone through a table yet? Region, I. Yes, this is actually before I was uh, part of Bill's Mafia, though. It was, yes. it was college. Yes. See, it's in your blood. It is. Wow. Is it, is it that much of a difference? It, it has to be crazy to play there without fans. Yeah, I mean, you can hear a pin drop in the stadium. And, like, even in the, you know, at MetLife, you know, right before we went into halftime, we made the kick, and all of a sudden they cut the music off, and it was like, you can hear everything. Wow. And that's just, it's, it's obviously it's the league that we're in right now, and, um, because you're you're someone the way that you play you create eruptions because you do things that are unthinkable you'll stiff arm khalil mack and then you'll jump over a guy and then you'll throw it 60 yards to stefan diggs and the the roar it has to be addicting see like people like myself that's never done it we don't know what it's like to do something and have seventy thousand people yelling so I guess my question is, what is it about that that feeling that you miss? Because it's got to feel incredible. No, it, it absolutely does. And when you throw a touchdown and it's it's cool play, and you can hear the fans fans just absolutely lose it, and you get the goosebumps, you get the chills, and it like it just releases. I don't know if it's endorphins or adrenaline in you, and it's just like I want I want more of that. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's like you said, it is addicting and. Without fans, it's t- it's kind of tough to reenact those feelings and the emotions that you're supposed to have when you mm. throw a touchdown or make a big play. It's just like you kind of just shrug it off right now because nobody – like you hear your teammates sometimes make plays and or yell for you and yeah. um, you try to get super excited for them. It's just – it's a different feeling for sure. So we're, we're trying to get Bill's Mafia back in the stadium and, uh, you know, I, I think they'll be there before too long. Well, I know Bill's Mafia loves you a lot. Again, it is going to be Joss's Jackson. What's the name of the hospital one more time? Oshai Children's Hospital. They The stories that you've told, I've seen videos of you there. I think it's amazing that you're doing what you're doing. You're in your third year right now, uh, which is 
it's the beginning. It's the middle. It's it's an exciting journey, man. You've been killing it so far. We're big fans of you here at the Left Coast Show. And I'm glad that I finally got to fucking talk to you. It's about time. Yeah. Same here. Tell Chris to go kick some rocks. I will. I will. With pleasure, I will. All right, brother. Have a That's good my day. guy. Don't, don't, don't tell him that. That's my guy. Thank okay, you guys. Bye. <laughs>